Hey, this is Pastor Rob Miller from Reclamation Church. Just want to say thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We pray that this message is completely life-giving and life-changing and that you take the blessing of the Word of God with you everywhere you go this week and pour into somebody else around you. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. I'm going to do something extremely boldly different today. This is all I got. It's a difficult time right now. You may not see it, may not feel it, but it is. And I've titled this message today, I don't know if it's going to be a series, I don't know. But I can't say no to what God is telling me to say. So bear with me. If this is your first time, welcome. <laughs> uh, I want to do these. We want to try these things called take the, the three visit challenge because church is different almost every week. Uh, so what we're experiencing, what we're doing today, is not how it is every week. Normally, I'll be up here behind a pulpit, stomping and snorting and shouting, and and honestly, I would rather be doing that. But I can still be passionate about something. And communicate the heart of God by sitting here with you. Lewis, you're going to have to give me a timer. Because <laughs> I don't have notes. Um, thank you for worshiping with us today. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sitting with me today. Um, if, I want to ask everybody, if you have your phone out, I don't, I don't have notes for this, so we don't have our U version up, so I want to ask everybody to put everything away and, and listen, everybody, because this is for everybody. And, and I, I, let, let me explain. Sunday, last week, we had Pentecost Sunday. And we talked about the unity of the message, but the diversity of the language on Pentecost Sunday with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and, and, the, and the message that Peter uh, spoke. And I went home and was like, hey, this is, this is family church. We're calling this season that we're in family church because of the guidelines that were put because of COVID. You know, that's still a thing. So we have all these guidelines in place. And so we have families in here with each other. And uh, just, just like, I guess, a quick uh, rundown. If, parents, if you need a quick calming area, our nursery is open for individual families. And we ask that as soon as your child is calmed, bring them back outside. So in case there's another family that needs it, they can go back there and, and do the same process. Amen. But I ask everybody's attention today. Um, 
family church. This was uh, what I wanted to do during the season was a family-oriented series because we're all together. We're all a family. And the more I sat and prayed about it and thought about it, and with all that's going on, I couldn't shake not speaking this. Adrian and the girls were outside playing. I was literally just in my own living room by myself praying and meditating. God, what? What do I do? What do I say? So I want to share my heart with you. More importantly, I want to share God's heart with you. Because, let's be honest, I've got a very unpopular opinion for you. It's God's opinion of you. It's God's opinion of me. And in a world full of opinions, I think it's time that instead of idolizing our right to an opinion, we lay it down to show love and compassion for others around us. And so that's what I want to hit on today. There's been a a lot of conflict this year. And the whole nation rallied together during a pandemic. And right when we were rallying together, the song The Blessing came out and the church kind of stood up and was like, this is our moment. The blessing over generations, over families. And I have to believe that as the church was rising up to the plate, the devil was too. And I want you to hear my heart today. Because I'm not making this politics. Because this is not a left or a right issue. This is a heart of God to the heart of man issue. And I've gone through, again, I don't have notes, so please bear with me. I've gone through the different scenarios. Open this. How do I speak this? How do I, where do I begin I want to begin in the Word. So if you can, turn with me to Psalm chapter 89. Psalm chapter 89. I'm going to read verse 14 and 15. Psalm 89, verse 14 and 15. And it says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. How blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of the kingdom. And when that goes forth, loving kindness and truth. It says in verse 15, how blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Righteousness and justice are the foundation. Jeremiah, you don't have to turn that, I'll read it to you. Jeremiah 22 verse 3 says, thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness And deliver the one who has been robbed from the power of his oppressor. Also do not mistreat or do violence to the stranger, the orphan, or the widow. And do not shed innocent blood in its place. Righteousness and justice 
Let me go back to Genesis chapter 1. God created. Out of love, God created. And he created man and woman in the image and according to the likeness of God. According to the image and the likeness, according to the character of God, he created man. Righteousness, we can define it as the moral character of God, the ethical standard of God. Righteousness. To live in the character of God. Justice is the other foundation of the throne, of the kingdom. And I know many of us already are like, yep, justice. Justice. But I think we need to understand kingdom justice. In the Bible, there's two different Hebrew words for justice. I shared this video last night. I'll share it on the church page if I need to, and I really encourage you to, to listen to it. It was created two years ago. How appropriate that we need it now. But in the Bible, justice has two meanings. And the first one is attributable justice. That's when you steal something and you deserve prison, or you do something and you deserve the consequences of your actions. Attributable justice, or attributive justice. But more often, throughout the Word of God, we see a justice that is restorative justice. Restoring, reconciling, and what happened is, man was, a, was created in the image of God, according to the character of God, having the justice and righteousness of God. And then we, we understand what happens with the fall of man. Sin enters the picture and divides us from God. That's, let me hit that really quick, because it really builds. Sin separates. Sin separates. God does not separate. And I don't know, some people are probably like, well, God said come out from among them and be separate. He did. But that's not because God wanted separation. That's because sin separates. And so when we adopt and live in the character of God, we have to let go of sinful attributes. So we have to come out from it because it separates sin separates and so the fall of man sin enters the picture and, and separates God from man and from that moment on wickedness evil injustice ruled the heart of man and you can look throughout the entire Old Testament and see the problem of injustice slavery and elevating yourself above others and it's not just personal, it's social. And, and so this is why I want to encourage you and I want to speak this to you today. Kingdom justice is what we should be carrying with us. Restorative justice. And right now there are people who feel separated. Because they experience injustice.
But here's the thing. We can't allow that division, that dissension from that sin to enter the church. Because a hurting people and a hurting nation needs a healthy church. So to fix the wickedness of injustice, God sent his son. The king of kings, the lord of lords, the prince of peace, the son of God, humbled himself and came here to restore relationships, to reconcile the lost, to bring them back together. And so this is what I want to do today. I'm going to call it out. And we're going to... We're, we're going to start this journey together as a church. I'll say it plain and simple. Racism is sin. Whether it is explicit or implicit, racism is sin. And if you don't see it, if you don't see the problem, and I, 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 y'all, I have to be passionate about this, and, and some of you are probably like, man, Pastor is going off on Facebook. Pastor is going off on social media. Pastor is going... Yes. Because when you're passionate about something, we talked about this in the Go and Tell series, when you're passionate about something, you can't stop talking about it. And here's the thing. I love you. I love the church. But the church needs to talk about it. Pastor, why are you saying it's time for us to speak up? What, what about those who just, we don't see it that way? Fantastic. Can I tell you what? That's your opinion. Can I tell you something else about opinions? Y'all have grace on your pastor today. Opinions are selfish. And in this nation where we are blessed with unconditional rights, it seems, and limitless rights, we have been spoiled and elevated our rights above people. And I want you to hear me because I'm guilty of it too. I am. And here's the thing. There, this is a moment of, it's uncomfortable. Y'all, I'm uncomfortable. And I'm sure so many of us have been sitting in discomfort or, or, or just feeling uncomfortable over the last few days, over the last week and a half, over the last two weeks. Good. Because when we are uncomfortable, we move. And so I want us to take advantage of this discomfort to dislodge some things in our life. This is not a moment for denial, and I'm going to get into all of this. This is not a moment for denial. I don't see it that way, Pastor. We'll talk about that in a minute. This is a moment for revival. But here's my concern, that in the midst of all of this, I, I can see a wave crashing in on the beach. And, and if you've ever been to the beach, you, you can see the waves coming in and the, the shells or the rocks start rolling. You know, it, it, it dislodges... 
It, dis it dislodges things. Living water dislodges things. But if we fail to interact with it, we'll miss it. This is an amazing opportunity. I told, I told Jalen and Abby, graduates, class of 2020, we could look at this and say, well, this is all just, everything's on fire. This is all ridiculous. Oh my, we could be the pessimistic point of view behind it all. Or, or what I told them, this is a moment that you guys can unite. This is an opportunity I didn't have with my entire class of 2005. Some of you laugh because some of y'all graduated before then. <laughs> some of you laugh because that was quite a long ways ago, it seems. But this is an opportunity. And, and we can't just look around and say, oh my goodness, they're doing it again. Or they're out there. Listen, there is no us in them. There cannot be an us in them. We are one. We are one nation under God indivisible but more importantly we are one family bought at a price and I've been speaking with friends and y'all this is where it all starts it starts with conversations because we have to break some things off of us let me give you an example what, what does this bottle say <laughs> it's hard because Michelle, what does this bottle say? Wakea. I know it's it's a it's a it's a weird name, but just for let's let's try to y'all y'all bear with me this illustration. Just try to sound it out really loud for everybody to hear you. What does the bottle say? Wakea. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. The bottle says premium by nature. Volcanic water originates in Hawaii through both some, some welt and snow melt and rain on the... You know what I mean? Y'all see what I'm saying? What's the bottle say, Michelle? No, it doesn't. It says premium by nature. And do you see, do you see what I'm saying? And it's not until I dislodge myself... And come around to her perspective that I can say, oh, it, it says Waikia. Am I wrong? I, am I wrong? It, it says premium, but am I wrong? And here's the thing. So many people are looking at life through a lens. We have different lenses. I see things different than you, Tim. Marissa, you see things different than your own husband, JV. I see things completely different than my own wife, Adrian, because we all have a lens. And, and what, what shapes that lens? Experiences, uh, our upbringing, what we're taught. Listen, I was raised in a military home. I was born here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I moved to Germany at just three years old. Stayed there for a few years. Moved to Tampa, Florida. Went from Florida to El Paso, Texas. Went from El Paso, Texas to Panama. 
Panama to Puerto Rico. We spent five years, five and a half years in Puerto Rico. Finally moved back here to North Carolina when my dad retired from the military. In 2003, we moved here to North Carolina. Because I have been dislodged and uprooted from North Carolina, I had a very, 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 very different worldview than my wife, who had never stepped foot outside of Johnston County. Other than going to New York City. Like, who does that? And so, when we got married, and I was in the army now, I uproot her, and we moved to Germany. And we moved from Germany to Colorado. But in Germany, we had two different duty stations, so we had two different experiences and two different lenses that, y'all trust me, we looked through two different lenses while we were in Germany. I moved to Colorado, got out of the army, moved back here. And because she had been uprooted and dislodged, she had a different worldview now. And she'll even say it. It, had, it took me leaving my place of comfort to see things differently. Now, everything I'm saying today is not, y'all, I don't even have, I don't even have cable. So this, I'm, not, I'm not preaching from media. I don't want to do that. I'll never do that. I'm preaching from the word. I'm not preaching from politics. I'll never do that. I'm preaching from the word. Because I don't live in a political kingdom. I live in a monarchical kingdom where Jesus Christ is king. So it took some uprooting and dislodging to change our worldview. And we could do that. And we can have still a man's perspective or a woman's perspective, humanity's perspective. Or we can let God interrupt and intervene and not just have a worldview, but a biblical worldview. Where we see things through the eyes of God. Where man is created in the image of God. And when, when we're talking about restorative justice, the kingdom justice, we are talking about treating man in the image of God. Maya, come here. This is my baby. Y'all know her. Was it a week ago? About a week ago, Adrian and I were on a date, date night. Finally, right? Quarantine, restaurants are open, it's date night. We go to Fuqua, 40 minutes away from home. Leave the babies with the babysitter. I love y'all, I'm not saying anything against y'all. Ba the babysitters are right here, so. This, I'm, I love y'all, this is not your fault. <laughs> we had just finished dinner. We get a phone call. Hey, your, your daughter is hurt. She's bleeding really bad. Immediately, father mode steps in. I got to get home. You can see it on her forehead. Show everybody. You can see it on her forehead. She gashed open her eyebrow. I love you. She gashes open her eyebrow. And so I'm rushing home. I don't know how bad it is because I don't have the perspective Right? I don't know how bad it is. I just know my baby's hurting. 
<laughs> I just know my baby's hurting. Y'all, I rushed home. Ask Adrian. She was praying for her own life. I never broke 95 miles an hour. Just kidding. I never broke 65. I may have gone up to 70. Either way. I rushed home because my baby was hurting. Because family was hurting. I didn't know the full story. I didn't know all that happened. I didn't know how bad it was or not so bad it was. Listen to me. I didn't know because I didn't have the perspective. But I knew my baby was hurting. And when I get home, well, we didn't even get home. We had to meet our neighbor halfway. Our neighbor, thank you, Chris and Ashley. They're, they're, hopefully they're watching. They're traveling right now to uh, Washington. PCS. Thanks, Army. But uh, they met us halfway, and, and I, I take her, and I, I put her in the car. We rushed to the ER. You know, we're thinking, oh, man, she's going to have to have stitches. Uh, I even called Tyler, our resident health expert, and I was like, dude, what do we do? Like, is it because, is this something we can fix at home? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't want to go to the ER. Who wants to go to the ER? But I take her. And, and, and Adrian takes her in. She's She's strong. She's courageous. They put some super glue in it. I was like, man, I could have done that. And they fix her up. But here's the thing. Because I rushed home and saved my daughter who was hurting, listen to me, does it mean that I would not have done the same for Abby? Does it mean that because I, I rushed to pick up my daughter to help her, does it mean I don't love the other one? That's what I want to talk about today. And, and that's hard to talk about. Because we have a lot of differing opinions on that. But I want us to check our opinions and set them aside. Because here's the thing about opinions. They can be selfish. And we can idolize our opinions. So much so that we will lift up our own opinion while our family drowns. We are here to seek justice, kingdom justice, to do justice. Not seek it, do it. To fix injustices. That's why Jesus came. That's why we are still here. That's why when we get saved, give our heart to Christ, we don't just go to heaven. Because we have work, kingdom work, to participate and join in here. And so when we do kingdom justice to fix injustices, we show the love of God. The same humility and servanthood that the Son of God Himself showed. When we can step off of our thrones and go and meet, speak with, and here's the thing, speak for. Proverbs 38 verse two, or 31 verse 8. Be a voice for the voiceless. There's so many, so many verses here in the Word of God that talks about fixing injustices and being an agent of justice, restorative justice.
Look at, look at Luke chapter 10. We, we've heard it before. You know, the, 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 the understanders of the Mosaic law, we'll call them lawyers. The lawyers try to pin Jesus. Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he says that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, might, whatever, all of you. And the second is like it. Wow, like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. I am to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, my soul, my strength, my being, all of me. And the second is like it. To love my neighbor as myself with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my might. All that is within me, show love. And, and, and the lawyer tries to pin him even, even further. Well, well, Jesus, who's my neighbor? And I love the story Jesus tells. Because it's right where we are right now. In Luke chapter 10, look it up. He starts, we, we know the story. He says, there was a man walking down the road. And some robbers stopped him. Beat him up. Took all of his belongings and left him for dead. And a priest walked by and saw him and kept walking. And then a Levite came by and saw him and stepped to the side and kept walking. But then a good Samaritan, he even calls him a good Samaritan, walks by, sees him. Listen, a Samaritan, let, let me just give you this, the big contrast right here right now. The priest and the Levite were the religious people. The church people. They walked by. They ignored it. The Samaritan was the man of the world, you could say. Completely different religion, different religious aspects, different points of view, perspectives. Yet he stopped to help. Guys, the world cannot do the church's job. But here's the thing. Y'all... We are in a modern-day Good Samaritan story, but it goes like this. And I'm stealing this from somebody that I had a conversation with. It goes like this. We see the man beat up and broken in the road. And the Good Samaritan, instead of helping, is running back to the priest and Levite saying, Why didn't you do anything? And the priest and Levite are saying, Well, he shouldn't have been walking down the road. Meanwhile, while the, while the three of us are bickering and fighting, the victim is dying. So here's, the, here's what I want to talk about. How, how do we move forward? How, how do we begin to, to reconcile, restore, that restorative justice? I love what Jesus says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two greatest commandments. Galatians chapter 6, I believe it's chapter 6. Paul says, bear one another's burdens. And in doing so, you fulfill the law. Bear one another's burdens. And in doing so, you fulfill the greatest commandments. To love the Lord your God to love your neighbor.
I'm, we, can't, we can't look left and right. And by left and right, I'm not just talking political. I'm talking about I can't look at Tyler and blame Tyler. Tyler can't look at Michelle and blame Michelle. I can't look at Abdias and blame Abdias. I can't look at James and say, well, if you had done this, no. Where is the church? Where is the voice for the voiceless? Where are the ones whose foundation is righteousness and justice? To restore, to reconcile. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians that we have a ministry of reconciliation. We have a ministry of bringing things back together. We serve a father of mercy. We serve a father of love, a father of grace. And if he is my father, then I exercise those characters as well. It doesn't matter who it is because I see people in the image of God, created in the image of God. Red, yellow, black, white, blue, yellow, I already said yellow, purple, the Barney's out there. Everybody, I see them in the image of God. And I treat them as such, explicitly and implicitly. And some of you might be saying, well, Pastor, what do you mean by implicitly? Y'all, I need to confront this and talk it now because this is a stronghold, not just in this nation. It's a stronghold in the church. And we are seeing the fruit of where this is rooted right now. So we have to get to the root of the issue. We have to confront it. We have to confront it together. We have to attack it together, not each other. Not to see whose way is better in attacking it, but we have to attack it together as one. We are seeing the fruits of this right now. And so many of us, I'm sure, will say, well, Pastor, I'm not racist. I love all people. There's things that happen underlying that we don't realize. This is implicit racism. When we see somebody and judge them based on their looks and automatically categorize them because they're dressed a certain way, this is implicit racism. When we see somebody and, and, and based on their upbringing and we categorize them, this is implicit racism. Again, sin separates. Love unites. Sin is about self. I'm not saying your opinions are sin. I'm just saying opinions can be selfish. Especially when we idolize and, and, and elevate them above people. Again, I'm preaching to myself today. I'm guilty of it too. But there are things that we have to attack. Under, and, he, and here's the thing. We don't see it because we have a different perspective. If I were to call my dad, I even thought about calling him. That's why I have the mic up here in case I wanted to. He's probably watching right now. But if I called my dad on, on FaceTime and showed him to you, you would see my dad in a room. you wouldn't see that his room is located in Mildenhall, England. 
on the other side of the world, you wouldn't see that he's five hours ahead of us right now. You wouldn't see that he just finished preaching his sermon at his church this morning, and now he's resting in his home, regurgitating and rethinking everything he said, because pastors do that. You would see a man in a room, but until you go to see him, then you realize he's in a whole different setting, a whole different place, like the water bottle. So how do, we, how do we uproot, how do we dislodge? It's going to be uncomfortable, yes, but it's in the uncomfort, discomfort that we grow. It's in the discomfort that we, that we begin to change. And here, here's the thing. This is, I posted this yesterday, and, and, and I could go on a whole sermon based on this. We are living in muddy waters. It's rough time right now. But I know a man, I know a king, I know a son of God who can change muddy waters into new wine. But we cannot be holding on to old wineskins when he does. And I said when he does, not if he does. Pastor, what do you mean by old wineskins? Again, this is a sermon in and of itself. Wineskins was what was used to hold wine and ferment wine. And the older the wineskins became, the more brittle they became. So the less movement and expansion they could do. So eventually they had to be replaced. You couldn't just patch it up. Let, let that sink in. You couldn't just patch it up. It had to be replaced with new wineskins that were able to contract and expand and move flexible, flexibility in order to hold the new wine. And if we're going to walk out of this in revival, because guys, this is a moment for the church to step up to the plate. If we're going to walk out of this holding the new wine of revival, we have to let go of some old things, some old thoughts, some old behaviors, so that we can be flexible to hold and enjoy the revival that is coming. And I say that because God, this is a moment. People are hurting and crying out for a Savior. And we have that Savior. That was the whole point of the Go and Tell series. To take this Savior to them. Let them see the Savior. Because here's the thing. If the church isn't going to step up to the plate, the world will. And there is a way that seems right to a man. But it will always lead to death and destruction. What are we seeing right now? I don't know about you, but I think we've tried man's way long enough. And there's no legislative, no political person, no polit political party. There's, no, there's nothing man-made that can fix this. This is a heart issue. And only the king who changes hearts can fix it. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to wind down. I'm probably like a quarter way through. I'm kidding. I want you to hear my heart. I want you to hear God's heart. We are to bear one another's burdens. We are to share in our sufferings. 
Paul even says when he's talking about the body, there are many parts of the body. Yet we all work together as one. But when one part of the body suffers, we don't just cast it aside and ignore it. We fix it. We, but, but here's the thing. We can't just throw a bandage on something that's bleeding out. Tyler, am I right? Amen. You, you can't just throw a bandage on something. There, you have to cleanse it. You have to clean it. You have to disinfect it. And then you put the dressing on it, the bandage on it. Christ being the bandage and being the antiseptic. Is that the word I'm looking for? The neosporin. The newborn sporin. <laughs> Only Jesus can fix this. But the body has to be instrumental in fixing the hurts. I, I, I reach, I've been reaching out to so many people, and I encourage you to do the same. Don't reach out out of guilt, because this isn't about guilt. It, it's about reconciliation. It's about fixing. Reach out and talk to people. Learn their perspective. Learn the way they see things. Because I don't see things the same way you do, Daryl. And I definitely didn't see things the same way Adrian did. Even though we were both born in North Carolina, we had different views. But here's the thing. I was talking to Adina. Y'all know Adina. I hope she's watching. I especially messaged her yesterday because I was like, hey, Adina. Uh, if you don't know Adina, she's the one. If you ever, if you get a birthday card in the mail from Reclamation Church, she sent it to you. Just to say happy birthday or happy anniversary. She does that for us. She's awesome. Uh, Terrence, he'll be up here playing the drums every once in a while. His, his work schedule has got him really tied down right now. But I asked her, I was like, hey, Adina, what's your story? What, what is your background to salvation story? She said, well, I was born... In a pastor's home, I was a PK. My dad was in the Air Force. So I also had that military mindset, military kid mindset. But then my parents got divorced. And it wasn't until later on in life that I moved back in with my dad, or, or moved back with my dad, uh, that I really began to experience, you know, following the Holy Spirit, following the Word, and all that other stuff. I, I'm, I'm summarizing this for you. You know what I told her? Minus the divorce, my story is the same as you. I was born in a PK home. My dad was in the army. And my parents taught me, just like her dad taught her, how to listen to the word of God, listen to the voice of God. I told her, hashtag samesies. <laughs> hashtag twinning. But let, let, let's back this up even further. Adina has that story. Born, in a PK, born as a PK, born as a military kid, has that whole experience all the way up to salvation. Daryl. Daryl doesn't have that experience. Daryl has a different background. Daryl's experienced different things. But he had a point of salvation. He had a point of transformation. He had a point in his life where the blood of Jesus covered everything. There's a point in my life where the blood of Jesus covered everything. And I think for the majority of us here, there's a point in our life where Jesus' blood covered 
everything. But here's the thing. It didn't just cover us. He embraced us. He didn't just embrace us. He brought us together. Because the blood matters. And the blood of Jesus can take my, my heritage, my background, and completely change it. And where I once had a heritage of this world with a worldly view, he can, at the point where his blood covers me, give me a different inheritance. My heritage now and lineage now is rooted in the seed of Jesse. My heritage and lineage now is rooted in the heart of God. Same as Adina. Same as JV. Same as Abdias. Same as James. Same as Kennedy. My lineage is now in him. And I am an heir and co-heir with Christ. He covers all. Erases all. And lines me in perfect alignment with him and his family. And now I pursue righteousness and justice because that is his character. Doesn't matter what I look like, it doesn't matter where I came from. He changes my lineage. And listen, let me let me let me say this. It's not about it's not about erasing who we are or forgetting who we are. It's about embracing whose we are. Amen. So, so where do we go? Where do we begin? <laughs> Starts with conversations, for sure. Understanding different perspectives, different lenses. And, 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 I've, and I've, I've talked with other pastors about, to, about this too. Pastor, it's not about looking through another person's lens. That's man's lens. We need to see through kingdom lens. Yes, I understand that, 100%. Absolutely, we need to see through the lens of Jesus. However, Jesus himself saw through the lens of people. And if you don't believe me, then why did he come to earth? Why did he come to live among men and see through humanity's eyes, through man's eyes? We have to shift our perspective. And here's the thing. We cannot forsake someone's perspective. And we can't sweep it under the rug. We've done that for years. We've sidelined people who are saying, I have a problem. No, you don't. Obviously, there's a problem when over 700 cities in each of the 50 states have people voicing their problem. But this is how I know this is not a left or right issue. This is how I know this is not politics. Because there are 15 nations across the world of people voicing a problem. This is not just America. This is spiritual. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not about me fighting you and Europe. It's not, I'm not, it's not me against you. It's not us versus them. We are here to wage war against principalities, against things, the spiritual wickedness of this dark. It is the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, against the kingdom of darkness. And we have to see it that way. This is not a left or a right thing. This is an up and a down thing. Amen. 
And when we reach out to somebody and say, I love you. Why are you hurting? Let me hurt with you. That's called empathy. I didn't say sympathy. Empathy. Because sympathy will say, I'm sorry for you. Empathy will say, I'm hurting with you. And Jesus, who came down from heaven, hurt with us. And he took all of my hurts to the cross. And so when we exercise that, when we do that, we are being Christ to people and showing the love, the, com the compassion of Jesus Christ. Because it goes beyond just feeling the pain with you. It goes to reconciling the pain with you. And to say that there's not a problem is a gross injustice of itself. Talking to pastor friends, let me approach it this way. Because I know a lot of us can say, well, if they had just chose a different way of life, they would not have experienced that implicit racism. Pastor friends that I have reached out to say, tell me your story. And they tell me their stories of run-ins with police or, or their issues with injustice that they have experienced firsthand. Ministers of the gospel. Not just black people. Hispanic people. Red, yellow, black, and white. Red, yellow, and black. Reaching out to my neighbors who have adopted two beautiful black kids, Jackson and Jacelyn. I love them. And right down the, our own road from our own neighborhood, she took her kids to a, a, a food truck. The neighborhood is a mile down the road from our neighborhood. Took them to a food truck. And as they were walking back to their car, these are children. As they're walking back to their car, somebody had the audacity to even open the door and shout racial explicitives. You can't tell me there's a problem. There's not a problem. For those who want to say, well, let's just wait for the investigation to finish. Okay. The investigation's out now with Aubrey, Ahmaud Aubrey in Georgia. Where witnesses testify that he was chased down, hunted down. And after he was shot and killed in the street, expletives were shouted over his dying body. You can't tell me there's not a problem. There is a problem. And there's one solution, Jesus Christ. And the church must be instrumental in the reconciliation. It is our ministry of reconciliation, Paul says it himself. Can't tell me there's a problem. But you know what? We don't see it unless we talk and ask. And until we get off our high pedestal and humble ourselves to go and be with the people and ask them and talk with them, 
we will never know. And I want to say this. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry as a white man. I'm sorry as your pastor. I'm sorry as a pastor. For the indifference in the church. For my own indifference sometimes. I'm sorry that we would rather argue with each other and come alongside you and help you. I'm sorry that we would rather elevate a politician or a political leaning or my rights as an American citizen. I'm sorry that I would elevate that over you because I'm guilty of it. And I think probably a lot of us are because we're spoiled in America. We have to lay down the ideology of Americana and embrace the ideology and theology and doctrine of kingdomology to go and be with the people. Emmanuel, God with us. The church with you. That's why I said, sit with me. Let's do this together. So where, where do we go? I want to wrap up with this. Where, where do we go? I keep saying that. How do we start? I think the first thing is pray. Prayer is a first response. Not even a first response. Prayer is continuous. But also I think we have to acknowledge. This is going to sound very much like the sinner's prayer. And, I, and I'm saying this on purpose and for a purpose. We have to acknowledge that there is a sin brooding and breeding in us. We have to acknowledge that. We have to repent. Does this sound like a prayer? I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins. And the last part of that is be committed to change. The church has to be committed to change. We can't hold on to old white skins anymore. This is a moment in our history where the, the abscess has been festering beneath the surface. And what we are seeing today is the unleashing of all of that. And we can either take this moment to bring the church, the church can either step up to the plate or we can be silent. And I'm sorry for silence. I'm sorry for indifference. Acknowledge the problem. Repent of the problem. Be committed to change. How do we change, Pastor? I'm glad you ask. I think first and foremost, you've got to seek to understand, not seek to be understood. Seek to understand. And that goes with talking. You know, you know Jesus, every time he performed a miracle, every time he transformed a life while he was here on this earth, 
somebody else's perspective was made known before he acted out of compassion. When the leper came up to him, Lord, have mercy on me. This is my perspective. It was then that Jesus acted and moved with compassion. When he went and talked to the Samaritan woman at the well, which he should not have been doing. I love how my God and my Jesus was one who broke social constructs and social barriers. Shouldn't that be the church? He approached the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and he heard her perspective before he even offered the living water. The woman who came and, and I love this, the woman who came and anointed Jesus' feet, washed him with her tears, and the perfume, the fragrance that she poured. Simon, the, the Pharisee, and, and even the disciples were saying, couldn't, couldn't she have done this with that? Do you hear the perspective? They never once saw the hurt. They never once saw the tears. They saw through their perspective. And I love Jesus' response. He said, Simon, talking to the Pharisee, Simon, do you see her? Do you see her? Because I see her. I see her hurt. I see her pain. And so it was Jesus who came with kingdom lens and kingdom focus that bridged the divide. That bridged the lenses. You know, you know, you know what I mean by that? Jesus Christ himself came down and bridged the gap. And if Jesus could stand in the gap and the priests would stand in the gap between the porch and the altar, then the church can stand in the gap between the people and God. Seek to understand, not seek to be understood. Listen. The same thing I think we can do is speak up. This is not a moment or a, a, a time for the church to be silent. Jesus was never silent. He spoke up. He sat with. He, he dined with. This is a time to speak up. Be the voice for the voiceless. Seek to, be, seek to understand. Speak up. And lastly, I, I was talking with a friend of mine. It's like, where, where, where do we begin? Where do we even start? And he said, you know what we can do? And this goes back to what we talked about just two weeks ago with the Go and Tell series. He said, we can share life together. We can share life together. Seek to understand. Speak up. Share life together. Let me go back one to speak up. I saw a pastor in Georgia post this really long post about this. This man could not breathe. And the pastor resolved and he said, as long as I have breath, I will be the voice. As long as I have breath, I will stand up to injustice. As long as I have breath, I will seek to understand. As long as I have breath, 
I will be the voice. Not just the voice of the helpless, but the voice of the helper to speak life into people. Amen? Speak up. Speak against things. I, I've committed to do that. Guys, it's uncomfortable. But when I hear it, I'm not just going to sit by and let it happen. Because these things have to be confronted. It's an up and down issue. We are to turn people's eyes upward. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. I lift my eyes up to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. We help... We, we lift people's eyes upwards. We build each other up. We bear in one another's burdens and we encourage each other. We lift each other up. And the only time we turn anything else in any other direction is when we are turning down our knees to the ground in repentance. The only time we turn anything else in any other direction is when we are casting down thoughts or opinions that would exalt itself above the name of the Lord. The only, th only time we turn anything in other, any other direction is when we were casting down and tearing down strongholds. And this is a stronghold. We have to attack it. The church does. Because man can't. Share in life. I was talking to my pastor, and he said, why don't we just share life together? I went down to Lumberton. This is him speaking. I went down to Lumberton. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a black minister. He said, I went down to Lumberton, and I hung out with a Native American man and a white man. So the three of us were walking the streets, and people saw the relationship, the unity of diversity. That's what we need. We need to share in life. Commit to share in life with people. Colossians, we talked about this. Paul said, not only do I share the word with you, not only do I share the gospel, I share my life with you. Share in life with each other. Acknowledge the problem, repent, commit to change. And that change involves seeking to understand. Speak up. Share in life. Amen. We need to attack this together. As a church, this is a move that we cannot miss. Like Tyler said, we, we can't wait for the move. We have to be the move. Because if we don't move and act and speak up and step up to the plate, then the world will try to do it all over again. We've tried it that way. Amen. I hope you know I love you. This has burdened me. Bad. That I have friends that are hurting. Tyler, I'm sorry. Dana, I'm sorry. Because I was one a few weeks ago to elevate my opinion, to elevate my rights. Never once did I seek out. In talking with Tyler, he had family friends that he had lost from COVID-19. How dare I elevate my opinion over that loss? How dare I elevate my opinion now over the people that are hurting? Tyler, I'm sorry. 
This is where it starts, with repentance. But repentance doesn't mean just saying, I'm sorry. It means changing direction, changing things. New wineskins, not old wineskins. Will you commit to that with me? Can, can we be the change? Because the world is hurting. The world needs a healthy church. We stand with me as we close. There's probably so much more I could have said that... But I trust that the Holy Spirit spoke what needed to be spoken. This is what I want to do as we close today. We need to search our hearts. We need to search our hearts. Pray God reveals those things that are rooted deep so deep that we don't even see it. That's the thing about roots. You don't see the roots. Pray God, reveal those things. But not just repent before God. We need to repent before man. And if we could learn to just listen and understand that there's a different perspective that we don't see, don't understand I want to encourage you reach out to somebody you know you know it's as simple as saying hey and, and I say this because I've done it Adrian has done it it's as simple as saying hey I love you and I want to apologize if there's everything anything I have ever done that I was not aware of that hurt you. Guys, this is not just, I'm not, I'm not talking about a race thing. I'm talking about if anything, you've ever hurt anybody in any way. But especially here and now, to reach out to those people. Say, hey, I'm sorry. And do, do you know what? You know, I have never heard stop talking to me. I have never been rejected or deferred away. Each one of them has responded. I love you too. And they would begin to tell me or respond to my apology. Never once have I been met with a deflection. Never once have I been met with a rejection love love covers a multitude of sin and this, this is the thing Jesus was moved with compassion it says it constantly throughout scripture Jesus being moved with compassion would act that's one thing I forgot to mention this is not just about empathy it's not just, it's not just about feeling that pain it's about acting on it we have to act. We have to do something. Especially the church. And it starts with reaching out to people. And then when, when we all can understand that we have differing perspectives, but the same love, love unites. We 
have to check our opinions. Because love is sacrificial. It's my right to free speech. But my words can tear down. Father, we, we, Father, to reveal those things in our heart. Repent of those before God, but then repent of those before man. And if you're here, because here, here, here's, the, here's the thing about reconciliation. It's a process. I'm doing this so I can see everybody. Reconciliation is a process. And, and, and I was thinking about this this morning. Reconciliation starts with. Let's see, this is why I should have wrote it down. This is why I have notes. It starts with repentance. It starts with forgiveness. See, that's a two. That's the two-way road. Repentance, forgiveness. Then we meet and walk together. Repentance, forgiveness, and change. That's how we find reconciliation. And that change involves laying down some things. Y'all, I spent almost 10 years in the U.S. Army. I know what it is to defend rights and hold on to my rights and hold on to my opinions and have my own thoughts and say what I want. But as a Christian, as a man and as a pastor in the Lord's army I need to understand that love is sacrificial and some things I just gotta lay aside to come alongside and help search your heart repent before God and man and if you're here and you've experienced you've experienced the pain seemingly sidelined and silent and you need healing from that pain I know the one who brings healing I know the great physician whose hands heal Amen So I want you to search your heart and we're all going to pray this together today because the church needs to pray this together. You guys know I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't have said these things. Can we pray this together today, Father? I acknowledge that there is pain. I acknowledge that even though I don't see it, it exists. church and I'm sorry I'm sorry God that I never acted or refused to act Father work in me so that I can be part of that change help me to love unconditionally 
Help me to love sacrificially. Help me to be a voice for the voiceless. Help me to operate in the ministry of reconciliation. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for any who are here today and they're hurting. You sent your son to heal a broken heart. To set the captive free. Pray, God, that you would just reach down. Bring healing. Bring bring humility to seek healing. Bring humility to seek forgiveness. To accept and to give forgiveness. Father, because we understand that this is not just a one-sided issue. This is all-sided issue. Father, let there be humility on all sides as we work together and pursue unity together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love what, what Tim uh, prayed and, and kind of opened up with this morning at our serve rally. He talked about a, an, an unbeliever watching these videos of, of praise and worship songs, praise songs, Christian songs. Unbeliever. Listening. And he, he would say how the man would pick out, oh, the cello sounds so beautiful in this part. Oh, this instrument sounds amazing. And oh, wow, the lyrics really match up right there. And just filled with emotion and, and the move of God on his life. And began stepping one step closer to the heart of God just through the music, the ministry of music and worship. came together, it was effective. When we all come together, it is effective. It's not a time for a solo show. It's not a drum solo time. It's not a sax solo time. It's not a keys solo time. It's definitely not a vocal solo time. We are effective when we come together. Amen. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to this week's message from Reclamation Church. We pray it was a blessing to you. We want to encourage you to take this message everywhere, everywhere with you and pour into those around you. And if you would love to be a blessing to the Reclamation Church ministry, you can easily give at our website at reclamationchurch.faith. Scroll down to the bottom and click on online giving. Or you can even text to give any dollar amount to 84321 and set up a giving account with Reclamation Church. Again, we pray that this was a blessing. Be a blessing to those around you this week. And may God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you with the light of his countenance and, be, uh, and give you peace this week. Amen. Be blessed.